0: Ooh, what's going on? Yerk's here. Welcome to another episode of Yerk's Talks. Friday, March 26th, which is actually my birthday. So uh yeah, a little uh, birthday podcast here. Uh, I am uh turning 27, or I turned 27, which is weird to say. But I hope everybody's having a or had a solid week, having a good Friday so far. Today's episode, we continue with baseball. Six days away, which is outstanding. And, uh, God, I cannot wait for opening day. Uh, man, You Darvish going to be on the mound for the Potters against the Diamondbacks in that opener. And, uh, yeah, the Pot Squad, they uh, beat the Rangers last night. And Fernando Tatis Jr. hit a three-run blast. He just does not like the Rangers. It's weirdo. How certain players against certain teams just pop up. You see that in almost every sport. You know, football. I, I'm, about, I'm just about to name all the sports. But yeah, just like against certain teams, like you always have their number. And for Tatis, it seems like the Rangers are just always going to be in his back pocket. It's just disgusting. So yeah, today uh, we are going to preview the AL Central, which is an exciting division. Um outside of the Detroit Tigers, really. But, I mean, <laughs> no. there's. There, I think the Tigers are going to start turning things around, which I'll talk about a little bit later on. Uh, but, yeah, so we'll talk about the AL Central today. Uh, before we get into it, though, we will discuss some March Madness. Got the Sweet 16 this weekend. Uh, first round, or I guess the first half of the Sweet 16 is, tom- is tomorrow, and then Sunday we have the next. Uh, the, the final four games. That, did I do that math correctly? I don't know. I'll talk about it in a second. But yeah, that is the plan for today. Since it's my birthday, well, uh, there's no better time to plug stuff. So yeah, if you have been enjoying the podcast, if you've been listening consistent, consistently, thank you, first and foremost. Uh, but if you want to follow the podcast, I'm on Instagram, at Yerks Talks for that. You can also follow on Spotify, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, and I also have a uh, Yerks Talks page on Facebook. If you want to follow me, uh, at Yerks Talk oh, Jesus, at John Yerkes on Twitter for that. Okay, March Madness, Sweet 16. So, just kind of wanted to run through the game's going to be happening this weekend. Again, we have so many l- low seeds right I mean, Oral Roberts being in there, if they somehow beat Arkansas, who's their opponent, then they would be the the uh, lowest seed ever to make the Elite Eight, which would be insane. So, like, come on, Oral Roberts, go do that. Uh, some of the other three games on Saturday, you got Oregon State taking on La. Le- I cannot say their name, Yola, Chicago, you got... Uh, Sister Jean and friends over there in uh, Chicago. Uh, Fun fact. So Cameron Crutwig, who if you haven't seen this guy, oh, my God, he's fantastic. He's got like the full bone mustache, the receding hairline. I now know why he has that receding hairline. He's a diehard Bears fan, which I feel your pain. So he's out there, you know, just put he's (laughs) he's working off all that like uh, Bears shenanigans. This offseason. That's why he's, you know, channeling that energy into the March Madness tournament. But, yeah, that's the reason why his hairline is receding because he's a Bears fan. And it takes it out of you. I'm surprised I haven't lost any of my hair. Uh, you know, good jeans on my end. <laughs> Apparently. So, yeah. Uh, but, oh, you know, I'll, I'll be hurting for Sister Jean. Come on. I mean, who who doesn't? Even though Oregon State, the Beavers, you know, I, I picked them in the first round. I didn't think that they would get this far. But, yeah, let's go La- Yola, which is so hard for me to say. Villanova takes on Baylor. That should be a great game on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Baylor has great guards throughout the tournament. Villanova's just always a consistent team. They I have they have a great head coach. And then the last game on Saturday, you got Syracuse, who I guess doesn't really look like that bad of a loss now is SDSU because I mean they made the Sweet Sixteen. They've pulled off two upsets. Uh, Buddy Beheim, that guy has just popped off he's averaging 28 points a game he's been out he's been disgusting they'll be taking on a really solid team in houston so yeah great games on saturday and then sunday it'll be no different uh got creighton taking on gonzaga we'll see if creighton can hold its own because i mean the the bulldogs have looked like far and away the best team like they have a very good chance of going undefeated and winning the whole damn thing you got a, a pac 12 matchup oregon taking on usc And then uh, we got UCLA taking on Alabama. So we have three Pac-12 teams. Gosh, crazy. And then uh, my personal favorite game on Sunday, we got Florida State taking on the last Big Ten team remaining, the University of Michigan. And so we'll see um, if Michigan can get it done. Again, still no Isaiah Livers. And so we'll see if they have the depth. Florida State's a really solid team. And so we'll see if they can get by them and get into the Elite Eight. Uh, Florida State uh, actually is my last team in my Final Four bracket, uh, but I don't really care at this point. Like, let's just have Michigan win and like let's keep it going. But yeah, it should be a ton of great games over the weekend. Watch Watch March Madness. It doesn't like. There's no reason you shouldn't. You know, like it's just fantastic stuff. All right, let's get into baseball and let's start. Uh, we'll continue the preview. Right yesterday, we did the AL East. I thought that video went down pretty well. And so today we're going to be tackling the AL Central. So again, what I wanted to do here, um, you know, season starts next week, next Thursday. And so I wanted to go through each division, each team, and kind of talk about, you know, maybe their signings, their key signings, some guys that left the club, what their lineup's going to look like, their starting rotation, their bullpen, basically just the expectations for the season. And just kind of give a brief summary. Uh, you know, I'll be the first to say it. I don't know everything, and I'm sure I'm going to forget something, forget certain players or, you know, certain pros- prospects in the or- in the team's, uh, you know, farm system and whatnot. Like, I don't know everything. Um, ideally, right, maybe next year we get, like, a group of people together and, and like, we, we attack it that way, which is something I did actually last year with some friends from uh, school. But... Uh, It's a little bit harder when, you know, I'm trying to, like, make it, like, concise and around, like, a 30-minute episode. And I think it's just better, like, if I do it and kind of do it how I want it. And then, you know, right now we just don't have the resources to do all that stuff. But that's the plan long term. All right, enough rambling here. Let's get into it. So, first team we're going to talk about in the AL Central, the Chicago White Sox. And, I mean, at least one Chicago team has its shit, shit together, you know. I mean, the Cubs, uh, we'll see. We'll talk about them next week. But, uh, yeah, the White Sox, they uh, they know what they're doing. So first things first, they uh, bring in Tony La Russa, who hasn't coached in a decade, but he's a great manager. Uh, you know, he's been to six World Series and won three of them, one with the A's in 1989. I wasn't even a thought yet. And then uh, two with the Cardinals um, in 06 and 2011. Last year's manager, by the way, Rick Renteria, for the White Sox, he finished second in the AL Manager of the Year voting. So, he gets the boot. The only reason you would really do this is if like you're going all in. Like, yeah, La Russa is going to take us over the top. Which I feel like he will do. Like, he'll bring a lot of um discipline to this young roster. Cuz I mean, near the tail end of last season, they were they were running away, like with the like, like with the American League, like they they were like the hottest team in the American League last year, with like two weeks ago, and then they got ice cold. They were terrible down the stretch, and then they went into the playoffs, you know, not not hot, and they lost their opening series to the A's. So yeah, you got to bring in the seventy-six year old Larusa to guide this young team, and yeah, it, it, I think it's a great move for them. Unfortunately, though they have a huge, uh, loss. they had a huge loss on Wednesday. So their outfielder Aloy Jimenez, who was great for them, one of their core guys, he tried to make a leaping catch at the wall on Wednesday and ruptured his pectoral tendon in his left shoulder. So he's out five to six months, which is brutal for them. And yeah, that's big shoes to fill for the next six months. They do have plenty of guys though that can pick up the slack. So, first, you got the 2020 AL MVP in Jose Abreu. How good was he last year? Hit 317, 19 homers, 60 RBIs. You got the shortstop, Tim Anderson. Uh, He was in the running as well, but he missed 11 games. It's like, oh, bummer, because all he did was was hit 322 at 10 yayas of his own and 21 RBIs. Ugh, nasty. Both these guys are so good. They'll be leading their ball club. You got Yon Moncada. The third baseman, he's only 25, and he's definitely one to watch. There's so many great guys who play third base right now in the league. You got, um, I mean, I, I could go, I mean, you got Arenado, Machado. like Machado. The list kind of goes on and on and on with the butt. Like, we just have so much talent at third base that some of these other guys fly under the radar, and Moncada is definitely one of those, so he's one to watch. You got the center fielder, Louis, uh, Lewis, or Louis, Robert, and then... For right field, with Jimenez being out, Adam Eaton is going to have to uh, fill that void. He signed a free agent, so hopefully he can step up with Jimenez being out for six months. They also added two pitchers during this offseason. Uh, one of their starting rotation in Lance Lynn, who was great for the Rangers the past two years. Uh, so he's going to join Lucas Giolito, who was dominant um, in the playoffs start against the A's last season. Like, he was disgusting. Like seven innings, eight strikeouts, only two hits. He was great. And then you have Dallas Keuchel, who was great also last year. He had a uh, two ERA, which is, I mean, God, that's <laughs> that's sensational. Like anything under three is just, oh my God, you're like you're balling out. So yeah, that's three solid guys for the rotation. And then they also added the uh, added Oakland's closer from last year, the Aussie. From Australia, Liam Hendricks, and he should be ready for opening day. He has had um, some kidney stones, which, oh, my gosh, I hope I never get those, knock on wood. Uh, but, yeah, he had 14 saves last year, which was second in baseball, and he has also sported a 1.8 ERA. So they add him to an already stellar bullpen, which was the eighth best pen last year. You got Evan Marshall, Matt Foster, Cody Hure, and then they have two young guys that they're really excited about, 25-year-old Michael Kopech. And then twenty-one-year-old Garrett Crochet. So uh, they're hopeful that both of these guys can be starting got, starting pitchers in the future. But uh, this season they're going to start in the bullpen, which kind of reminds me of what the Potters are doing with uh, Morahone, where they're definitely wanting him to be uh, part of the rotation long term and be a starter. Which uh, you know, depending on Den- Nelson the Mets' health, who he actually pitched uh, a couple days ago, which was great to see. And uh, but yeah, Morahone's kind of getting. Uh, prepared for that next step and not you know but he like like last season he started a couple of uh he had a couple spot starts but mainly he had been working out more work, working from the bullpen and so yeah that's um that is the plan with these that's what the white Sox are planning with these two young guys in Kopek and crotchet now this is a very uh this could be a very tough uh this i mean this is a very tough division right there's about there's three i would say three, potentially four teams that can, I mean, sorry, Tigers, <laughs> but like that could really like contend to win the central. And yeah, the white Sox for sure. Definitely like, um, up there with the twins in like favorites to win this division. Uh, they were aggressive this offseason, bringing in Lynn and Hendricks and they could be buyers again at the trade line to make that world series push. All right. Cleveland Indians they're next on the block here. So, uh, this is the last year they're going to be called the Cleveland in- the Cleveland Indians, which, I mean, I don't know, uh, like it's it's a made up name for a made up team in a made up like game. Yeah, I I feel like there's more important things to be worrying about, but whatever. So so it's the last year as long as they don't rename their team the Cleveland baseball team, I think I'll be fine with whatever name they pick. Yeah, so Cleveland they've they've made some interesting decisions lately. Obviously, the pandemic hit everybody hard, but I felt like they just abandoned ship. I have no idea how good they're going to be this year. Uh, They traded away the face of their franchise, Francisco Lindor, and their starting pitcher, Carlos Carrasco, to the Mets. Mark Melanson has gone to the pod squad. They didn't bring back Carlos Santana or their closer, Brad Hand. Outside of uh, Jose Ramirez, their third baseman, I have no idea how they're going to score runs. Now, there are a couple. Actually, there's a bunch of potters on this roster right now. you got Fran Mill Reyes, who came went over two years ago, and then you have Josh Naylor, who went over on the Clevenger trade last year. Both those guys have power, along with Ramirez, uh, but the offense was bad last year, and it got worse over this offseason, so I have no idea. However, I say all this, but they could still be in the playoff race be- because of their rotation. The one one thing that Cleveland can do is develop pitchers, um, and they have a bunch of great young arms in their rotation and bullpen. First, you got the AL Cy Young winner, Shane Bieber. Just to remind you how good he was last year. Eight wins, only one loss, 1.63 ERA, 122 strikeouts. Ugh disgusting Zach Plezak is behind him along with Aaron Savali you also have 23 year old Tristan McKenzie who's had a very rough spring been given up a lot of home runs but he has a ton of upside and then near the back end of the rotation you have Cal Cran- Quantrill. like I said bunch of Padres on bunch of former Padres on this squad and he can never really stay in the rotation there would be stints where he was great but then you know he would uh, it was just very like ups and up and down uh, but he he could have a really good, um, a sneaky good season in Cleveland uh, just because they just do such a great job developing pitchers there. I also want to give a shout-out to two of the best defensive catchers in the league, and the Cleveland Indians have, uh, yeah, they have two of the best defensive catchers in the league. Uh, Roberto Perez, who won the Gold Glove last year, and then you have Austin Hedges, another former pod squad. And, yeah, I mean, they're great behind the plate. Unfortunately, they can't hit a baseball, but they definitely will help pitching, which is what Cleveland is going to rely on again this year. The bullpen, though, a little bit of a different story than the rotation. Right now, I have no idea who their closer is going to be. Terry Francona, the manager, came out and said that it could be a closer by committee, and I'm not a fan of that. I think that it's really important to have, like you know, especially with the bullpen. That the play the pitchers in there need to know their role and I think like long term that help helps them like helps their confidence number one but then also when you know what you have to do then like all you have to worry about is going out there and execute if you're not worried about like oh man I might lose my closing job all these other like outside distractions then you can just go and they're like okay I'm the setup man for the closer like that's my role so I'm gonna do the best like when you're when you're like out there thinking like oh man like if I don't pitch well here maybe like I might not be the closer anymore. Or maybe like they won't use me in the pen. Like I just think that like having these um, defined roles, especially in the bullpen, is really important. And so I think that the Indians will eventually figure that out. Uh, but they do have a bunch of guys that can get them to the ninth. It's just a matter of like who's going to close the game for them. So Phil Matone, Nick Whitgren, Emmanuel Chase, Logan Allen, Logan Allen, and then James Karinchak, who could be the closer. Uh, but yeah, so they got they got talent right on the pitching side. I'm just so worried about this lineup. Even even when you have Shane Bieber and friends in your rotation, like I, you're gonna have to score runs eventually, and so that's gonna be the the real issue for Cleveland this year. I mean, like I said, they struggled scoring, like they struggled getting runs last year, and they got worse offensively. So I yeah. I don't see it. I, I mean, like they they could sneak into a wild card spot, but I think that's their ceiling. I I don't know. I, I like even with Shane Beaver, like I don't I don't know how like how they're gonna win games if they can't score runs. Okay, the Detroit Tigers. Let's move on. I, I, <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. In all seriousness, though, this is one of the teams I know the least about. Uh, they have been in the dumpster for several years now uh, Miguel Cabrera he's still there he's 37 now and he's still under contract for three more seasons um, obviously he like in his prime he was one of the best hitters in baseball uh, he's definitely a shadow of his former self though he's underperforming his current contract however this season um, he's talked about how you know he wants he, he wants to take better care of his health and he has a chance to hit two incredible milestones. So he's 13 homers shy of 500 and 134 hits short of 3,000. So, yeah, one of the best to ever do it, and I, I'm rooting for him. I hope that he makes a comeback because, yeah, he is just, man, watching old highlights of, of Miggy have just, like, they're they're sensational. The Tigers though, they uh, they have not been for a while. They finished dead last in the central uh they finished dead last in the central three out of the last 4 years. But there could be some light at the end of the tunnel. Uh they got the new manager AJ Hinch coming in. Now he was the Astros uh coach during the during the garbage can scandal and he, so he couldn't coach last season then he got fired obviously. Now he wasn't super he wasn't super involved like not as much as Korra was, where Korra was like like the one that was kinda like executing them, like hey, like going to the film room and like setting up like the monitors and whatnot. Whereas Hinch, who is just as guilty, I'm not I'm not giving him a free pass. He he didn't he didn't stop it. That's like his big uh thing. Like that he didn't do. Like he just like let it happen. You know? And but Despite like the scandal, right? I mean, I think everybody deserves a second chance. And in baseball, it's kind of like, you know, you you get advantages where you can. Obviously, this was just blatant and, you know, people are still pissed at the Astros for that. But uh, yeah, for the Tigers, this is a fantastic hire for them. He's going to have a big impact on the franchise. And there's also a ton of hype around their new pitching coach, which I mean, when you're when you're the Detroit Tigers, there's not a lot of hype in general, so like when you get Somebody in there that you're excited about, then all the news is going to be towards this person. And it's their new pitching coach, Chris Feder. He's only 35. It kind of reminds me of a uh, Sean McVay with the Rams in football, where you bring in like one of these uh, these younger guys to go in there. And so yeah, they're really hyped about him. He's coming over from the University of Michigan. And so yeah, they're really excited about him and their pitching prospects. There's a, a few here that I wanted to name. There's Matt Manning. Tariq Skubel and Casey Myers. Skubel and Myers, I think, are going to start this year in the rotation because their top guy, Spencer Turnbull, is going to be on the IL. So the youngsters are going to get a shot. Behind them, though, behind Turnbull, you have guys like Matthew Boyd, Jose Urena, who just came over from the Marlins, and then Julio Tejeron, who has bounced around the past few seasons. But when he's on, he's on. I know it's weird as a pitcher, like, well, I mean, come on, you got to be on if you're going to be a starting pitcher. But that's kind of how Taheran is, where, like, you know, his overall season might not be good, but then there's a couple starts in there where he's lights out. You look at the lineup, and I wish I had more information, but I really don't know any of these guys. Uh, there's a couple of names that stood out. So Jacoby Jones, like the lo- like uh, the former Yankee uh, he's been extremely injury prone or unlucky depending on how you look at it. Uh, the couple times that he's had his season called short were after he got hit by a pitch and then he had like a, a season ending injury because of that. And so, you know, call it what you want. I Like, fingers crossed that he can make it through a full 162. I have no idea if he can, though. They have a couple infielders that were uh, had decent years last year. Uh, Heimer Candelario, Willie Castor. You got Jonathan Shoup, who was also okay. You head to the bullpen. There's guys like Gregory Soto, who's going to be their closer most likely. You got Joe Jimenez, Buck Farmer. I'm sure I'm forgetting people in Detroit, and maybe there's Tiger fans out there that are – Saying like, "Hey man, what about this guy?" But I don't know. Like, I I just don't know. No, I just don't know enough about Detroit. But they are optimistic; they're going to take a big step forward this year. And I'm just rooting for Cabrera to hit that. It's going to be hard to get 134 hits potentially, but I think he can get those 13 homers. So I'll be rooting for that. And yeah, maybe they might not finish dead last in the Central, especially if the Indians can't score runs. All right, two more teams here. Doing pretty good on time. Uh, We got the Kansas City Royals. Now I feel like they always have a good squad in Kansas City, but they've just they've been irrelevant since winning the World Series in 2015. This year, though, it looks like they could be competing with the big boys in the Central, uh, the White Sox and the Twins. The driving force for this team has been their pitching. Like that's their, that's their strength in their farm system right now. Their bullpen is great, and the rotation, uh, they have solid pitchers. Nothing nothing crazy, you know. The, the, these aren't guys that jump off the page, but they just they just do a great job, you know. Uh, they they they're just good. They're just consistently. They just they're just consistent, and at the end of the day, like if you're a consistent pitcher, like that's that's solid. So yeah. Uh, some guys at the top of the rotation, you got Brad Keller, Brady Singer, and Mike Miner near the back end, uh, Dane Duffy, who's injured right now, and then uh, Jacob or Jacob Eunice. There's also a couple of young guys that they could get uh, could get a chance this season for the Royals. Uh, they got Asa Lacey, Daniel Lynch, and Jackson Kowar or Kowar. Oh, man, I cannot <laughs> – the pronunciations. Oh, man. I haven't missed that. But the real strength of this team is their bullpen. I mean, these guys just throw absolute gas. Like, they, they are fantastic. All of them are really good. You got uh, Greg, Greg Holland, Jesse Hahn, Brad Bach, Kyle Zimmer. Jake Newberry, and then a guy that I I thought this was a very good signing for them, and we'll we'll see. It looks great so far. Is Wade Davis? Uh, they only signed him to a minor league contract, and he's been great in the spring so far. Remember, he was an absolute bust with the Rockies; just fell off the face of the earth. But uh, he has looked really good in this in spring training so far. He's holding hitters to under two hundred um, batting average, which is great. His fastball has is. His fastball's velocity is up. Like he, he's got movement. Like it looks good. So yeah, he uh, the bullpen is definitely the strength of this Royals team for sure. Uh, the, the rotation, like I said, guns of solid guys, and it's ve- the lineup is very similar. Where you know, the, you know, there's a couple guys that stand out. They they just signed Carlos Santana um, from the Indians, and that's a good move. But yeah, I mean, they just again just solid people here. You got Hunter Dozier, the third baseman, Aldalberto Mondesi, the shortstop. You got Whit Merrifield, Jorge Soler, the former cubby, a couple years removed now, uh, their DH. And then uh, one guy that I'm excited to see, he's, he's, he's definitely one to watch for me this year, is Andrew Benatendi, coming over from the Red Sox. And he was pivotal to their championship in 2018. Uh, he was injured last year, didn't play a lot of games, and he's kind of... Uh, Ever since that twenty eighteen year he's kind of regressed a little bit. I just I still think he's really good. He's a great defender. And so he's gonna get he's gonna be getting his chance with the Royals. And if both Wade Davis and Benatendi um hit and they both proved to be great signings, then yeah, like this like this roster could definitely make things interesting. Um with you know this uh with the strength of their bullpen. Because yeah, it is it is one of the best bullpen's in baseball. Like it it is nasty. Obviously, the teams that come to mind, right, are like the Dodgers, and you know, there's other teams like that. But yeah, the Royals, like I said, they just—they just always seem to have a good squad. It just—I I just don't know if they can can get there. It, again, the Central is just so difficult, and we're not having the expanded playoffs like we did with the COVID season. So it's going back to the regular playoffs. So I mean, I just don't know. The other thing with the Royals too is that uh, their current roster I think is great, but they do not have a lot of depth. So injuries could really hurt their chances, especially if those injuries come to keep people in the bullpen. Because, yeah, I mean, like if you cut the head off a snake, then the body dies, right? And like the head of the snake, the head of the Royal snake is their bullpen, you know? So, yeah, don't – if they stay healthy though, they they could definitely make things interesting in the central. And then last – but certainly not least in the AL Central, you got the Minnesota Twins. Now maybe I'm too optimistic, thinking that the Royals or White Sox are going to compete with the Twins because Minnesota, despite the competition from these other teams, has won the division pretty handily every year. Their problem is that they absolutely shit the bed in the playoffs. Like it, it's I I don't know how they can look so good and then at the, and then they, they get to October and they have no idea how to play baseball. It's insane. Uh, but, yeah, the Twins are a legit World Series contender. They are. And they have been for the past couple seasons. It's like, <laughs> it's just that October curse that they are really struggling with. The, but, yeah, I mean, go, going over their team here, the rotation is solid. They have a great top two guys in Kenta Maeda, number one, who has been outstanding, and then Jose Barrios, who they bring in. And he's he's great, too. Michael Panita is behind them, and he, he he's 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 good. He's solid. <laughs> I don't know what I was. I don't know why I'm laughing, but uh, yeah, he no, he's good. Uh, he they're hoping that he kind of bounces back a little bit, and then they just signed J. A. Happ from the Yankees, who you know another veteran guy in there that knows how to pitch a baseball, and then Matt Shoemaker rounds out their uh, five guys there. So yeah, I mean, solid rotation. Maeda and Barrios are a great one too. They can go up against pretty much anybody. They are very talented. When you get to the lineup, you obviously a couple guys are stick out here. So you have probably the best DH in baseball right now in Nelson Cruz. He hit 300 last year, 16 homers, 33 RBIs. Almost uh, he had the eighth best on base percentage in ba- like in baseball last season. Like he he was great. The third baseman, Josh Donaldson, who uh, since coming over from the Blue Jays, I believe that he was only on those two teams. But, yeah, since coming over, he just has not been able to stay healthy, which is a shame because he's actually really talented. So, yeah, hopefully he can have an injury-free season. You got uh, Andrelton Simmons, their shortstop. Brywin Buxton, their center fielder, who is one of the – he might mm, – Maybe it's too bold of a claim, but he is a great center fielder. Like defensively, he's outstanding. So, I mean, you can make an argument that he's the best center field. I mean, he's he's great. He's really good. Um, you also have Max Kepler, the right fielder, who is solid as well. Miguel Sano at first. This team they got they got they got, they got power. They got they got they they have ways to score runs. Unlike the Indians, like they're good. They're just a really solid squad. Now, the only area that they might have a little bit of issue with early, I think they're going to figure it out eventually. Is their bullpen because they lost Trevor May and Matt Whistler, and those those were two of their uh, core guys in the pens in the in the bullpen last year. Uh, but they still have, they still have Tyler Duffy, they still have Taylor Rogers and Cody Staschak. So yeah, the five of them were really. Those are the guys throwing for the Twins last year out of the pen. Like They were all great. They did lose two, uh, but they still have Duffy, Rogers, and Stashak. I hope I'm saying his last name correctly. And then they did add some more arms. So you have Hans, Hansel Robles coming in, Caleb Thielbar, Jorge Alcala, and then they have a new closer in Alex Colomb, who they got from their division rival, the White Sox, and he had uh, 12 saves last year. So they're they're going to figure it out. Like, they're, they're too talented. They're, they're too good of a team. Like, they'll figure out the bullpen. Obviously, losing May and Whistler does hurt, but they made a bunch of additions to their pen, added a bunch of arms, and so they just got to figure out who's going to go where. This is one of the best teams in the American League, like I said. They just have to find a way to carry over that success into the playoffs. If they do, like, I just don't know. They just need to start by winning a series or just a game. Like, can we just win a game in the playoffs? Like, that should be our goal, in Minnesota. But yeah, they're they're up. I I mean, I think I like the White Sox a little bit more this year to win the Central. But the Twins are going to be right there. Like, they're, they're this is a very talented team, and and yeah, they're one of the better teams in the American League, and the Central is loaded. Uh, despite detroit but they could be sneaky detroit could be sneaky this year and maybe they don't finish last in the division because i again cleveland as great as their pitching is like they have to score runs i mean you can't win every game one nothing so i mean we'll see but yeah i'm excited about the central a couple players in this division that i'm really looking out for wade davis and ben attendee for the royals you have uh Yon Mankata for the White Sox. Yeah, I'm really excited about the Central and baseball in general. But, yeah, that is going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate all the support. If you enjoyed it, feel free to share with friends, family, coworkers, all those people, anyone else that you think might like it as well. Okay, have a great rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. You better watch some sports this weekend. March Madness, like you, oh my goodness! If you don't watch March, just even if you don't like basketball, just turn it on. It, it's it's exciting, all right. Like, come on, Michigan, let's get the dub on Sunday, and uh, next week we're gonna continue with the baseball, and then leading up to Thursday, all oh, opening day. That's gonna be exciting. But yeah, have a good one. Go watch some sports, and I'll see you in the next one.